I would love to open a window, but then you'd have to hear my dogs all goddamn night. So, no way. My name is Darian. I am back for another week of horror shenanigans, bonus materials, and other nonsense, whether you ask for it or not, because I am here. I am alone tonight, and I have nobody else to talk to in a pretty mundane existence. This podcast notwithstanding. How are you guys? It's just me tonight. I apologize for that. Monica is still suffering from back pain. Buddy, I believe, is moving uh, into his girlfriend's house. Or something to that extent. I never know what that guy's up to. He's up to something, and he's not here, and that's all I have for you. I know he's out there in the ethos, ether, somewhere, maybe doing something. Maybe he's back at the bus stop eating M&M's. I don't know. I don't know what he's up to. But I'm here. I've got another shitty goddamn Tubi movie to talk to you about. Motherfucking Tubi movies. This is the worst idea I've had in a very long time. But I would submit to you that it is not as bad as I am making it out to be. And the reason why is because I just picked three really bad movies. Um, And that's my fault. I went for new movies, not good movies. I would have even went for new bad movies. These aren't even bad. They're just... They're they're zeros. They're flatlines. And tonight's... uh, selection is no better than the last two. I would even venture to say it was a remake of the previous movie Paranormal Attraction. I'll get to that in a second. I've got a regular horror show to get into. God damn, it's hot in this room. It is, it's like, uh, I think we got up to about 81 today here in Reno, Nevada. In this room, in my podcasting studio slash guest room slash uh, storage space as my wife likes to use it for it's got to be at least 102. I'm already sweating balls in here. Oh, God, forget the whole thing. I'm sorry, I apologize. I'm sorry, it's just me. Probably going to be another short show, inmates. Uh, and I, I'm going <laughs> to I'm gonna try and blaze through the feature as fast as I can, because I'd, like I'd like to erase it from my, uh, my brain and my memory, my hard drive. I'd like to pretend that it never, ever happened. To anybody, it's bad. It's, uh, well, we'll get into that. Anyway, I'm sorry. Uh, horror news, listener mail, all the usual fun stuff. Let's start things off, as we are wont to do, with a little bit of the old horror news, if we could. Uh, 
<laughs> Horror news. Yeah, buddy. Um, are you guys ready for another Pet Cemetery movie? I don't know which way we're going with this, but apparently Lindsay Beer, don't ask me who that is because I don't fucking know, uh, is set to direct a Pet Cemetery movie for Paramount. There are rumors currently floating around that it's a prequel. Now, I'm not mad at this, and by all means, I will check this out. Don't I, I have no fucking idea who Lindsay Beer is or what she's done, but I will tell you this. Uh, we have we have dipped our toes into a Pet Cemetery franchise. Who can forget Pet Cemetery Two with Clancy Brown and Edward Furlong before he turned into Edward Fatlong? Uh, that was not a good movie, but it was fun. It was <laughs> it was a fun movie. I believe this one is going to be a telling of the Judd Crandall story, and I am into that. I have always wanted to explore that mythos. I want to know more about the Micmac burial ground. What's going on? Why they chose that location for the pet cemetery with an S? Uh, I'm very interested. I'm very interested in this. And even if it is a prequel of that recent remake um, where they uh, switched Gage and the little girl, I'm okay with that too. I was not by any means mad at that. I know a lot of people were because of the... uh, you know, the sibling swap there. But I wasn't mad at it at all. In fact, I rather enjoyed it. Uh, what else do we have here? Are we, speaking of prequels, this, I'm not sure how I feel about this. This one's kind of weird. Uh, Julia Stiles is confirmed for Orphan First Kill. Okay, so this is going to be a prequel to Orphan. That Orphan, remember that Orphan movie with, uh, uh, what's her name there? Vera Farmiga? And uh, the other guy, I, I don't know who that guy was. But uh, that was not a bad show. Twist ending, I liked it. I liked it a lot. Elizabeth Furman, I believe is her name. I'm going to, you know what, I'm going to IMDb that. I believe her name is Elizabeth Furman. Uh, you'll know her, she has. Uh, she was the original little girl from uh, Orphan. I believe her. the name of the character was Esther. Um, she has grown up is the problem. And she is going to be in this next movie. Now, the whole premise of Orphan was that the little girl could not grow up due to some genetic defect, and thus she became like a 25-year-old stuck in a 7- um, or 8-year-old little girl. So that was the, the start of her psych- psychosis. Um, I don't know how they're going to try to bring her back. Uh, Isabella Furman is the name. And i got to tell you guys, uh, she is smoking hot these days. I don't know if anybody saw The Cell with John Cusack and Samuel L. Jackson. Probably not because it was pirated and it never, I don't think it ever got like an actual theatrical release, but it was a pretty good show. Um, She was in that. She is banging these days. I don't know how they're going to deploy her for an orphan movie if she's not supposed to age, unless she's going to play Esther's mom or something. I guess that would make sense in a weird way. Either way, either way, I'm, I'm, I'm into it. I'm going to, I'm going to, Fucking A. It got 7.0 on IMDb. The original Orphan did. It's a good show. It's a good show. Uh, What else we got here? CBS series Clarice, which was the latest Silence of the Lambs installment, uh, is moving to Paramount Streaming for its second season. Now, I know, uh, I don't know, five, six weeks ago, I told you that Clarice had been canceled after the uh, first season on CBS. 
Uh, looks like it got picked up by Paramount Streaming. So there's that for you. You like that? I don't know. I, I haven't seen it yet. Um, I have no intention of watching it. I'm, Dude, I'll be honest with you. I'm a bit inundated with the horror TV shows. Not just the horror TV shows, but these weird horror movie, horror movie TV shows. You know what I'm saying? Where they take one horror movie and they try to stretch it out into like seven or eight seasons. Sometimes it works, like that uh, From Dust Till Dawn TV show, which is I think is still on Netflix. Sometimes it doesn't, like uh, The Exorcist and that Rosemary's Baby situation. I think went four episodes before they shit-canned it. Uh, either way, I'm not, I'm not too into it, man. I mean, th- dude, there's like, uh, what is there, five movies now? Uh, spin-offs of Silence of the Lambs. You got uh, Hannibal, Red Dragon, um, I don't know. There's two or three other ones. I'm sure. I'm sure of it. I, I can't even remember. I, I quit. I quit paying attention. To be to be honest with you, I apologize. Uh, what else are we up for? Trailers are up for Snake Eyes, GI Joe Origins, starring Henry Golding and Samara Weaving. Uh, Samara Weaving. I've seen the trailers. They're very action packed. Uh, Samara Weaving appears to play Lady Jane from. The original G.I. Joe's. I don't know if you guys remember that. I'm into it, but at the same time, I'm kind of over it. I think we all are in a weird way. We're at that age where we are consumers, my friends. You guys are, pro- most of you guys are probably around the same age as I am. And uh, I think we've had about an impacted colon full of name recognition at this point. Am I wrong? If I'm wrong, tell me. I'll, I'll own it. But... We've had just about everything from our childhood scooped up, repackaged, and tried to be resold to us, despite the fact that we grew out of it. Thus, we have 150 horror movie remakes, uh, 500 different um, action movie franchises trying to be reboot. We got it, we, dude. <laughs> Sylvester Stallone is like 85, and he's putting out another Rambo movie. Another Rambo movie. They tried to remake RoboCop. It sucked a bag of dicks. Forget it. I think, dude, we get, we have a Rock'em Sock'em Robots movie starring Vin Diesel coming out in a couple of months. That's even before my time. I think you're marketing that more towards my parents who, by all means, could not afford a, a Rock'em Sock'em's uh, robot game. So, I don't know, man. I see, I see like these these things happening and at this point, at first I was like, oh yeah, oh, so cool. A, uh, well, what, what was the first one we got? A um, Transformers movie. Oh, it's going to be awesome, yeah. And here we are, damn near 15 years later, and they're still shoving Transformer movies up our ass. And at this point I'm like, okay, okay, I get it. You want to you wanna sell me my own childhood back? Is that what you're trying to do? Uh, if so, you should start with Warhammer 40,000 because that's where all my money went. <laughs> Not that anybody understands that reference. Reference. All right. What else we got here? Um, Sci-Fi's Day of the Dead TV series is set to premiere this fall. Oh, boy. I don't have a filing cabinet in this room, but if I did, I would slam the drawer that is marked, who gives a shit? Sci-fi original pictures, usually dog shit. Sci-fi uh, uh, miniseries and such, 
usually not that much better, man. I gave up on sci-fi a long time ago. That, I mean, that's, that's exactly what I was just talking about. Them trying to repackage our childhoods and resell them to us again in the hope that they can make a dollar or two off of name recognition. Now, normally, I am a remake type of a dude. You know, I'll go in on a Rob Zombie Halloween. I'll go in on a uh, uh, Nightmare on Elm Street remake. I get it. Nobody else Nobody else likes them. They, they get on their high moral horror high ground. And, oh, yeah, why don't you make something new? God damn it. Well, my, my stance is why not see somebody else's perspective on these franchises that we know and care about and love. Now, horror franchises are one thing. Broken down toy lines are another, and movies that have been already remade not once, not twice, but three times, and are now being repackaged for a television show on basic cable, I'm done. I'm done, man. I'm checking the fuck out. I can't. I can't even with Day of the Dead. I like Day of the Dead, the original. Uh, The Nick Cannon remake, no good. Uh, That one with the Joker zombie, no good. Um... Somewhere out there, there's a Day of the Dead Part 2, Contagion, which uh, I think had something to do with aliens, if I remember right. Also no good. And now, you want to sell me on on the, on the, on the fucking sci-fi channel another Day of the Dead? Oh, no. No. Nope. Sorry. I'm done. I can't even. Uh, <laughs> yeah, forget about it, man. I am checking out. That's all I got on the horror news. How about some listener listener mail, my friends? Listener mail. Well, it looks like all we got is emails this week, boys and girls. So there's that for you. Let's kick things off all the way across the pond in Sydney, Australia. Here comes our main man from the Horror for Dummies crew. Tim's in the house. Subject line, gotcha. Hey guys, hope everyone is alive and well this week. Darian, you are hereditary. That's it for me this week. Much love. Tim, you're exactly right. I was hereditary. I, I made that one as easy as I possibly fucking could just for Tom Hardy. And the son of a bitch doesn't call in this week. How dare you, Tom Hardy? It's fine. I get it. You're busy. Nobody cares about me. (laughs) Nobody cares about me anymore. Uh, Stick it on that side of the globe. Let's swing it on over to Tokyo, Japan. Here comes Kevin, a.k.a. Lonely Bob. Subject line, paranormal attraction. Hey, Darian. Good to hear Monica is feeling better and recovering well so far from surgery. On this week's movie, Paranormal Attraction is very much an independent, low-budget film with a soft-core vibe to it. The writing or acting shows its indie roots, if you know what I mean. He's giving me a little winky face there. Overall, it's okay if you're not expecting much and in the mood for a little ghost romance. It's not great, but it's not terrible. Kevin, at Lonely Bob on Twitter. See, I think, Kevin, that almost makes it worse in a weird way. Let me explain something. Um... I made a horror movie. It's not good. I understand that. But I thought I had a good idea. I sold a bunch of people on my good idea. And then me and those people executed my, what we thought was a good idea. 
All right. Now, I like I know it's not good. <laughs> Don't get me wrong. And the production value nothing none of, none of what I did holds up to the level of paranormal attraction. But I think that what I did had like some kind of spirit behind it. Not like a ghost, but like like we we all got on board with it and we all felt like we were doing something great. I know it didn't turn out great and that's mostly my fault. But if you look at Paranormal Attraction, or um, what was it, the one we did before that? The uh, fucking, uh, the one with the bitch face, whatever. I don't, I don't even remember. I don't even remember, Kevin. That's, that's how bad these movies are. Uh, two weeks later, I can't, hold on, I'm going to tell you. I can't even tell you what the name of the movie was. It was uh, Transference. These are like cookie cutter horror movies that feel like they got churned out of some kind of a fucking factory. You know what I mean? I mean, I know, I, I understand what you're saying with like the, uh, the writing and the acting being bad and that kind of, you know, makes it an indie thing. But these people don't even look like they're interested in what they're doing. The, the plot lines are so formulaic. Oh, and don't get me wrong. Tonight's feature is no different at all. Uh, these people look so indifferent to, to the job that they're doing or not doing in this case. It, <laughs> how does this movie even get released, man? How does, how does the director look at this and think, here is something that I'm proud of? How does the writer finish this script and say, hey, I did it, you know? I, this, this was the, the, the story that I wanted to convey. It's so watered down and diluted and full of like, other people's materials that it's i don't i don't understand it man i'm sorry i'm sorry kevin i don't even get it all right here he comes again lonely bob american satan andy bezrak internet archive hey darian found a copy of that film monica asked about if this is the same movie she was talking about anyhow go ahead and forward it to her there's also a download link so it can be downloaded in case this link disappears in the future american satan and andy Beersack internet archive very cool kevin i have already forwarded her your link and we've had other couple other people reach out to us uh with various shopping links and things like that so thank you guys very much uh monica is very appreciative i can assure you of that from her lazy boy recliner (laughs) uh let's get back here to reno nevada here comes the cowboy subject line quick note Evening padded room. Hope everyone is doing well and made it in tonight. Don't have much tonight, but still wanted to drop a line. Glad to hear Monica back and that she's doing better. Hopefully she continues to have a smooth recovery. Darian, really enjoyed the new Patreon episode, Pediatric Ward, and look forward to hearing work you show the kids. Looking forward to hearing work, I guess that's a typo, what you show the kids next. Educate, you know, we're super easy. Felt like I got to hit it in the head with a telephone pole. (laughs) Ha ha. Didn't get a chance to watch anything good this week. Hope everyone has a great week. Catch you on the flip, Cowboy. Hey, thanks for writing in, Cowboy. Uh, yeah, man. Yeah, I mean, I don't know how much easier I could make make the education segment. I uh, basically picked the first thing that smacked me in the face when I looked at my movie shelf and then kind of rode that one out. I did that specifically for Tom Hardy, who, again, has failed to call in. <laughs> It's fine. It's fine. I get it. Once again, I have an abrasive personality. But thank you guys. That was it on the listener mail. Thank you guys very much. Uh, 
Um, Cowboy, Tim, Kevin, you guys are the best. Uh, glad you're enjoy- you enjoyed the uh, pediatric ward. So I don't know if you guys all caught it or not, but I did a little bonus show with my kids. I was thinking about the show I did with my kids the other week um, when we watched Willy's Wonderland. It seemed like everybody really dug that, but I did it exclusively for Patreon. So I did another one. Uh, for the regular feed, it's called the Padded Room Pediatric Ward. And what I'm going to do there is introduce my kids to some of the favorite horror movies I had from my childhood. We started with Creep Show from 1981. Um, yeah, and I've got a few other titles in mind. And we're just going to kind of see where it goes. And uh, I don't know, we're going to drop drop some more of those. There's probably going to be, be uh, Patreon exclusives in the $5 bin. So look forward to that. Uh, if I hit one that's exceptionally well, I'll probably go ahead and throw it out here on the regular RSS feed. In the meantime, I gotta, I gotta do this, man. I'm, so, I'm sorry. I am sorry about this to be selection. I'm sorry about this TV MA14 fucking thing that I did. I don't know what I was thinking when I did it. I was trying to be new. You know what I mean? I was trying to get on a 2B and find a bunch of new movies to uh, review for you guys. And I didn't look. I mean, I looked, but I, I was looking at the date. I wasn't looking at the the, ra- the rating. And what we got stuck with is a bunch of made-for-TV movies that all, really all feel like the same movie. You know? All right. Let's do it. Let's just get into it. Here comes a... Uh, oh, Revisitant. Stephen. It was one year ago, tonight, that Samantha Harris leapt to her death. But how could you have known she was going to kill herself? Sam didn't kill herself. It killed her, and I fought against it. It punished me. So freaky. The whole place just started falling apart around us. It's haunted. It's estimated the child bride killer must have murdered over two dozen young girls in this house of horrors. Has anything around the house moved by itself? You may have a visitant. Why is everything paranormal to you? <laughs> Sage, like incense, it helps cleanse the home. Ghosts apparently hate it. Amanda, you okay? <laughs> oh, baby girl. Out of its host, it can't last long. You no longer have to torment this member of the living. Please find your way home. <laughs> Yep, yep. It's Revisitant from 2020. It is, uh, well, technically 2021, but it was supposed to be released last year. It's got 3.4 stars on IMDb. It's written and directed by John Binkowski. Stars Lisa Eno-Smith, Tracy Wu, and Sally Glaner. Oh, man. (laughs) These movies make me want to not 
do podcasting anymore and just 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 fucking stop everything. Just take down all these posters and maybe paint this room and just not even with it anymore. They that that's the soul sucking aspect to it. You know what I mean? This one comes in at an hour and 40 minutes, okay? That's an hour and 40 minutes of nothing. Really? Apparently, this movie is a sequel to another movie that nobody's ever seen or heard of called The Visitant. And uh, because nobody's ever heard of it or seen it, we have to write off a lot of stuff that happens in this movie that we just kind of have to assume is somehow explained in the first movie that nobody's ever seen or heard of. So, without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, let's jump right into Revisitant. Streaming on Tubi presently. Um, So, fuck me, man. We start off with a seance, I guess, happening. A young lady uh, trying to communicate with her dead husband via a Ouija board uh, in her house alone in the dark. Okay? Now, she's telling her her dead husband, Stephen, to move this really ugly uh, mask that's sitting on the floor. And she's like, Stephen... This is the mask that we bought on our honeymoon, and we got into a fight because I thought it was hideous, but you loved it. If this is you, move the mask. And the mask doesn't move. So she's like, move the mask, Stephen. And the mask still doesn't move. And she's like, move the goddamn mask, Stephen. He's not dead, sweetie. He's hiding. Okay? You're a bossy bitch. And if he's dead, it's probably the most peace and quiet he's gotten in a long time being married to you, my dear. Regardless, finally, the the mask moves. Which, of course, launches into a ghost quake, i.e. the lights flashing on and off and uh, doors banging and slamming and windows opening and closing and drawers and closing stuff everywhere. Same shit we saw last week with Paranormal Attraction. Uh, As that's happening, we're going to cut to the neighborhood a couple blocks down where this young lady, Samantha, her name is Samantha, her friend Mia is rolling up to the house and she's like, oh my god, it's going down. So Mia goes running in. Samantha walks out right past her. Uh, Mia doesn't acknowledge her, i.e. she can't see her. And then she discovers Samantha's dead body, whom has plummeted over the second story uh, handrail and presumably broken her neck um, in the living room somehow. So there's that. Samantha is dead. Mia is all broken up. She's wandering around the house going, you son of a bitch. You goddamn ghost, you just can't leave her alone. You're my problem. Blah, 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 blah. And that's the start of our movie right there. Okay. Now, from there, we're going to jump right into one year later, in which case we have a bunch of frat douche boys. Uh, they're doing their frat boy uh, fucking pledge initiation. And two guys wearing lipstick have to break into this house, which is now reputedly haunted, steal a couple of weird artifacts, because apparently dead husband Stephen was some kind of a collector of dead artifacts, weird, strange items, and occult, mysterious things. And uh, they have to steal them and report back to the frat house where they will be pledged in, or whatever the fuck happens at frat houses. I have no idea. They break in. It's a it's a tired, old horror movie trope. All right. They break in. Uh, they start walking around. These two clowns are scared shitless. 
they find that now I didn't see the first movie and I'm not going to all right but I will say that for some reason in this house there's a bunch of toy robots it's never alluded to to Steve and Amanda having kids or trying to have kids what this is the first thing that we have to write off and assume is somehow explained in the first movie but there's a bunch of toy robots running around so they're in there, they're pooping around, they're trying to find some shit, they're scared shitless, and then they hear a little girl's voice. Get out of my house. Get out of my house. So these two piss themselves and go running back out into the street, and then we see a, cur- a little sheet pull back over a table, and there actually is a little girl down there. Like a living one, not a ghost one. And uh, she pops out, and she's wearing a backpack, she fills her backpack full of these toy robots, uh, jumps out of a side window, goes two doors down to her house, and then jumps back into her own side window. So she is there to rob the place, ladies and gentlemen. There you have it. Uh, now from there, we're going to stick with this little girl. Her name is Sarah. Uh, she's got an older sister, a friend of said older sister who is st- staying the night with them, and a single mom, and that is their family. And this is going to be the focal point of our movie from this point forward. Oh, God. Mm, Okay. (laughs) I'm already exhausted talking about this. So, um, the the older sister is, uh, I believe her name was Abby. Let me just make sure I've got my character straight here. Um... The older sister, um, it's not Cat Amanda. Yes, her name is Amanda. All right, uh, and then we have the mother Leslie, and uh, we're gonna meet the Asian chick in a minute or two. Her name is Maya. But uh, they're having like a big sleepover with a neighbor girl by the name of Kat. And apparently Kat is supposed to be there for about a week because her parents have left her in Leslie's care. So um, we get a little happy fun time with these these four ladies. Uh, the, uh, the mom, Leslie, at one point, they're having dinner and uh, they're slamming some cold pizza. And mom is like, hey, did you hear they're finally going to bulldoze the Harris house that haunted house two doors down and Sarah in cartoonic fashion goes oh really oh uh I'm gonna go to bed and then she runs upstairs and then she's like well that was weird where'd Sarah go and then Kat and Amanda are both like mom seriously you you have to know that she's been quietly pillaging the Harris house uh ever since the tragic accident or whatever so she's like what no they go try to find Sarah. She's not in her room, obviously. The window's open. So away goes uh, Leslie right over to the Harris house where she finds Sarah in there stealing more toy robots and such. Uh, her backpack now to include these scary uh, monster masks, which apparently Stephen had a lot of. Uh, now cut to outside the Harris house. Maya has made her triumphant return. She's out at the front door. She's saying a quiet goodbye to Samantha, 
who was the chick that died in the opening sequence. And she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. The spirit was attached to me, but I gave it to you. And then it killed you. And I don't know. I'm sorry. So I don't even. I missed you so much. She goes inside because she hears uh, the noise of Leslie trying to find Sarah. And that's where uh, we get the big uh, to do. So uh, I guess it's some now. (laughs) Fuck. Apparently, at some point in the first movie, whatever it was that attached itself, this spirit entity demon situation, attached itself to Samantha, killed her uh, by making her jump off the balcony. Uh, Once Samantha died, uh, Mia was there about that time, so it jumped into her, and it's with her right now. Now we cut to present day. Sarah, the little girl, Leslie, her mom, and Mia are in this dark house wandering around. Uh, Mia grabs Leslie by the hand, and the entity jumps into her from Mia. Oh, shit. Okay. Uh, Leslie's like, shit, Sarah, quit stealing shit. Come on, get the fuck out of here. Mia's like, I'm so sorry. I think I just gave it to you now. Uh, They're like, okay, crazy lady, goodbye. They go running back to their house. All right, now, right from the word go, once they get back to their house, the paranormal, the tired paranormal activity begins with the cabinets opening and closing. We have a faucet that cranks itself all the way up uh, and is spewing hot water everywhere. Nobody gets hurt, though. It's just kind of inconvenient. Um, It's all fogged up the windows. Excellent. Excellent. Everybody's paranoid and freaking out. They're hearing sounds all of a sudden. Now, at this point, all three girls decide they're all going to sleep in Leslie's bed. And we get like a weird scene of all of them cuddled up. You have to remember, and this is the weird part, one of these girls isn't part of the family. And Leslie is like spooning her. 16-year-old Kat is there, and she's like the goth emo SJW of the crew. And she's being spooned. By somebody else's mom. That's a little weird, man. That's a little creepy. And if Kat was my daughter, I would take issue with that. Uh, Unless I'm somehow related to Leslie, which is never brought up in the dialogue of this movie. Either way, it's a little strange. Uh, From there, we jump into a nightmare sequence. And we're going to learn, guess what, inmates? Leslie has an abusive ex-boyfriend that's creeping around. (laughs) That sound familiar? Uh, maybe about a week ago, we brought up a, a very, an almost identical situation. Guy by the name of Norm, not Jeff this time, Norm. And he's a white guy this time too, so that's kind of refreshing. Is uh, Leslie's abusive ex-boyfriend. He didn't chain her to a radiator, but he did whip her with a belt once. And uh, he kind of looks like Kurt Cobain. Uh, if Kurt Cobain was a single dad and uh, had given up on his, on his music career and just started eating... Uh, braised short ribs all day every day and have like a, a a dad bod on him and smoke cigarettes that's really the only purpose of this character is to flit lick flick lit cigarettes uh around because that's pretty much all he does he'll show up outside flick a lit cigarette away and be like <sighs> yeah that's where that bitch lives <laughs> it's stupid man this is almost the same the same exact movie I did last week. All right, whatever. 
So she has a little nightmare about Norm, who, by the way, is actually outside the house skulking around and fucking around with uh, the the neighbor, uh, a lady by the name of Miss Patty, who can't seem to track her cat down ever. Uh, It's uh, all well and good. Now, the, the next day, they decide, because they heard all these weird noises and had all this weird shit going on, they decide they're going to hire a plumber, an exterminator, and a uh, carpenter to come by and check some shit out. When you know, all three of these guys are operated by the same company, so they all show up at the exact same time. And they're all like bumping into each other with ladders and things. And, uh, you know, it's. I think this was supposed to be funny, but it's just kind of adolescent. For example, Jose the plumber goes upstairs, and the guy's like, okay, that was Jose. And she's like, okay, who's going to go check out the, the possible rat infestation? And the guy's like, oh, this guy over here, that's Hose B. That's, uh, that's pretty funny there. <laughs> God. Oh, God damn it. All right, so whatever. Uh, they get up there. They get fucking around. Uh, he's trying to find the rats. He can't find them. Uh, the uh, AC guy is trying to get the air conditioner to come back on or the heater to come back on because it's hot in certain parts of the house and cold in others. Uh, the plumber is dicking around with the sink. And out from the sink spews a bunch of blood, which freaks the plumber right out. And then comes a bunch of cockroaches after that. Uh, he freaks out. He goes running downstairs. He's like, oh, my God, we got to get out of here. The other two dudes are like, yeah, you're right. We got to get out of here. So they all go taking off running. And then the girls are like, hey, wait for us. And then we have another ghost quake. Uh, shaky camera and lights going on and off and doors banging and, uh, you know, cabinets opening and closing. It's a ghost quake, everybody. Uh, the nosy neighbor lady stops by, Miss Patty, and I was under the impression that she got killed because a uh, chest of drawers came flying over the banister and landed right on her. But apparently all you get when that happens is a small trickle of blood uh, round about the temple area, and then you're good to go. And you get your cat back. So apparently the cat was hiding in the chest of drawers. You see how that works there? Beautiful. Well-written stuff there, boys. Uh... All the girls evacuate the premises, and they're like, "Get the this place is fucking haunted!" All of a sudden, no fucking way. Uh, so they take off. Uh, Miss Patty's like, "I'll keep an eye on the place." God damn it! Uh, she goes home. Now the girls at this point go to stay with Leslie's boss, a flamboyantly gay senior citizen by the name of Victor, who, in my humble opinion, was the high point of this entire movie. They go stay at his house. He's got like a hookah room with a bunch of excessive curtains and pillows and candles everywhere. And they're like, okay, we're here, Victor. And he's like, oh, okay, then. I'm going on a cruise to meet some cabana boys. I'm taking my two dogs with me. Marty, Izzy, with me, gentlemen. (laughs) Okay, then. (laughs) This guy is like a character from Three's Company. He probably was in Three's company. Uh, but they're like, yeah, okay, we're, you go ahead and stay here, ladies. Well, uh, I'm going to go, uh, <laughs> you know what? I'm not even going to get into it. But anyway, Victor takes off. Uh, they're there at the house, and the paranormal activity, of course, follows them. Now, at some point, Leslie has another freakout session, and this time she wakes up and grabs Amanda. Hiya! Grabs her. Uh, this causes the entity to jump out of Leslie and into Amanda. Now, about this point, uh, we have Norm. 
Norm! Uh, creeping around the outside of the house, and Maya has made her way back onto the scene. She feels guilty about passing the entity on to Leslie to begin with, and now she's like, I'm so sorry. I'm here, and I'm going to take it back from you because it was my problem to begin with, and I didn't mean to give it to you, and I am very sorry about that. So uh, she has uh, gone to the girl's uh, address, uh, went or to their house, and then followed them to Victor's house in a weird stalkery kind of way, knocked on the door, and this is where we get like the whole spiel of what happened in a recap, apparently, of the first movie. So Maya's story is that her friend Amanda, or Samantha, excuse me, uh, contracted the spirit because her husband Stephen was some kind of a collector of occult artifacts, and he got he was coming home from Florida, and uh, he got a bunch of cool masks and stuff, and uh, he got in a car accident, and somehow something jumped into somebody who got onto it. From there, it jumped into uh, Samantha, and that's what caused her imminent demise. Now, this is where things get particularly stupid especially if you have seen the first movie and if you have god bless you but i i just have to extrapolate this from these nutty flashback scenes so looking around at the stuff the girls brought with them from their house uh maya finds a business card for a real estate agent and he she's like i've seen that before and you're like okay what does that have to do with anything and she's like my friend uh, Samantha showed it to me, and she thinks it had something to do with the, the possession. So using some, uh, I guess, deductive reasoning, they extrapolate that this realtor had something to do with the entity showing up on Samantha. So how this mysterious third-party realtor gets brought into, the, into play is a little loosey-goosey. And if you saw the first movie, you're probably going to think this part is pretty dumb. And I would be inclined to agree with you because it is. So to make a very long hour and 40 minute short story short, I'm going to give you the, the, the bullet points here. Steven's driving home from uh, this occult convention in Florida where he bought the death mask of a notorious serial killer. Halfway back, back home, he gets into a horrible car accident and is killed. Happening upon the scene of said car accident is this mysterious real estate agent who shows up, realizes that Stephen is a goner, but holds his hand in an attempt to comfort him in his final moments, at which point the spirit jumps from the death mask to Stephen, causing the car accident, and then to the realtor via the handshake. Uh, The realtor then, ironically enough, uh, goes and sees Stephen's wife, Samantha, who happens to be a fortune teller at some kind of an amusement park. And the realtor's like, I've got something attached to me. And Amanda's like, yeah, okay, I'll exercise that for you for $200. She's like, yeah, get it away from me. Instead, the fortune teller or the realtor happens to pop the entity into uh, Samantha, who is now carrying the same dead serial killer that her now dead husband, Stephen, was carrying around, and now it's fucking with her and making her life miserable. So she contacts her spiritualist friend Maya, the Asian chick who is now on in our movie, and lays the whole shit out for her. Now Maya apparently is some kind of a spiritualist herself, and she's got this bizarro um, 
idea about how ghosts have like a hierarchy and a rank structure. And she's like, this is clearly a fourth ghost of the sixth circle, seventh order paragraph B there, Samantha. So look out for that. As if anybody knows what the fuck she's talking about. And she's throwing this shit out like it's common sense. Samantha's like, I'm pretty sure it's just my dead husband, Steven. So then she goes about doing the weird one-man seance that she did and then uh, immediately firing herself over the railing and killing herself. And that's where we are now. So Leslie and Maya, bringing us back up to, up to speed, decide that they need to contact this realtor and get the scoop from her. And that's where we get our full story when the realtor shows up. So now we're at Victor's house. Uh, we have, uh, contacted the realtor. She shows up to ambush her, get the story from her. The realtor is now like, I'm so sorry, guys. I feel like this is all my fault. So I'm going to help you get rid of this thing. God damn it. So, uh, they start thinking about what's going on and where they've been and what happened. So they decide that, uh, the, the leap came from the Harris house and it had something to do with Sarah getting in there to steal some shit. Now, at this point, we try another seance or another exorcism kind of a thing. We burn a bunch of sage and bullshit, and the spirit jumps from Amanda into Sarah, the eight-year-old. And now Sarah's acting all creepy and shit. So they decide, the realtor and Maya decide they're going to go back to um, the, uh, the girl's house, go into Sarah's bedroom, and go through all the shit that she stole and try to find this desk ma- death mask. <laughs> It's a desk mask is what it is. It's death mask of this notorious serial killer, uh, which she probably stole. Now, Sarah can't tell us where it is because she's now possessed by whatever it is and is acting kind of fruity. Uh, So that sucks. About this time, uh, Norm, our creepy ex-boyfriend, breaks into Victor's house. And he's like, I'm going to get you, you fucking bitches. And he lights and flicks about four cigarettes in the entryway uh, in rapid succession, which is pretty silly. And then uh, Sarah does like a uh, Tarzan uh, vine kick using some weirdly out of place curtains (laughs) and uh, breaks uh, Norm's nose and then jumps down, grabs a uh, dragon statue and bashes his, his head in with it. So Norm is out now out of the equation which is fine. He was a useless plot device to begin with. And uh, now we're just stuck with the girls and possess Sarah, and that's how it's going down. Cut to Mia and the realtor across town. Uh, They find the death mask in one of Sarah's drawers, and they bring it back. But before they do, they do some research on it. And we find out that this is the death mask of the infamous S.K. Duffy, the child bride murderer look out there boys and here comes some really uh shitty photoshopping also uh this dude apparently in the 1800s was notorious for taking child brides ranging from the ages of 8 to 14 uh like a whole harem of them and then uh killing anybody that uh showed any interest in them and occasionally disposing of one or two of them uh, uh every now and then as well so that's pretty nasty um we get some flashbacks of him like killing people in old timey garb. <laughs> it's pretty dumb, and uh, that's that's all well and good. I guess this is this is our big serial killer here, guys. It's S.K. Duffy. Look out! Yeah, that S.K. Duffy. Woo! So uh, they got the uh, they got the uh, death mask, and they're about to haul ass back to uh, 
Victor's house and uh, Mia's like, you know what? I'm going to bring my friend in on this. He's got experience. He's a trained spiritualist and he knows how to deal with these things. So I'm going to grab him on the way. Hey, real estate agent, you just take this mask, haul ass back to the girl's house and I'll meet you there with my, my main man. So away goes the real estate agent. She's got the uh, death mask on her. All well and good. She gets there. They have managed to secure Sarah in a pantry because she's freaking out trying to kill everybody. Uh, Here comes Mia and her uh, spiritualist friend, a guy by the name of Griffin, who is a big fat guy in some very ill-fitting clothing. And uh, he's got like an emo haircut and some guy liner. And I guess that's supposed to up his occult spiritualist cred uh for us (laughs) in some way here he comes to save the day it's it's our main man griffin everybody uh griffin shows up and he's got he's already he's got like some neo uh from the matrix glasses on he whips those off in dramatic fashion he's like hey take this crutch and use it to secure sarah in the pantry and the girls are like (gasps) How did he know that we were going to do that? Ooh. And Mia's like, he's got gifts. Ooh. <laughs> Fucking stupid. <laughs> I should really start drinking before I watch the movie. I think that would make this much more entertaining. Uh, it's pretty dumb. Here comes Griffin. He's like, I'm going to need my jansport backpack so he goes and gets his backpack he's like here's what we're gonna do girls you see that death mask over there it's got some of f sk duffy's dna on it might be a hair follicle might be some skin cells but when i put that back on sarah the spirit's gonna have to jump back into the mask right because that's what spirits do and then we take the mask and we throw it on the fire and the girls are like we don't have a fireplace here oh well i guess we'll just put it in the microwave then and then we're gonna excuse me, uh, chant some, some chants and, you know, say some myth, mystical words and then it's going to banish the spirit. So as he's breaking this whole thing down for him, Sarah, who's in the pantry, manages to kick the door handle off, which flies off and hits this griffin dude right square in the temple and knocks his fat ass out and that's the end of him for a while. I think he was supposed to be there more for comedic value, um unfortunately i had already checked out of this movie because it's just too goddamn boring so uh here we go uh sarah is now loose and she's out and she's doing damage and she's doing like a bunch of stealth kills and stuff and uh she knocks out the real estate agent and griffin's already out of the equation she knocks out mia uh she uh she scares cat into a uh the garage and locks her out there and then it basically boils down to uh sarah and amanda the older sister and the younger sister uh amanda manages to like wrap her up in a blanket and slam the uh uh death mask back on her causing sk duffy to jump back into his mask at which point they take the mask and throw it into the microwave and by that time cat comes out of the garage and she's like i wrote a poem about uh this and it's like demon die and go to hell you're not going to be here much longer. It's this big stupid thing. And then all the girls wake up one by one and join uh, Kat in this ridiculous chant uh, in front of the microwave oven where the death mask is like uh, blackening and melting slowly. 
and they all say this big stupid chant, and then uh, that's about it. That's that's pretty much the end of your movie. And then they're like, hey, there's a dead body here and a bunch of damage and stuff. <coughs> and then Griffin's like, yeah, why don't we just blame everything on, on that guy? He's dead, and uh, everybody knows that he was stalking you and stuff. So we'll just say he broke in here and fucked a bunch of shit up. And they're like, yeah, good idea. And then we cut to a couple months later. Uh, they're back at their house, and everything is cool. And uh, Leslie is is doing some research, and she's looking at a. She's like, I'm trying to find out more about this S.K. Duffy guy. And she finds a picture of his long-lost daughter who looks exactly like Cat. So I guess what we're saying is that Cat is the long-lost descendant of S.K. Duffy. And then we're going to cut upstairs to Sarah's room where she's having like a marriage wedding thing between two of the toy robots. And then she says, okay, you can cut the cake because you're married now. And the cake is the uh, bubbled-up gelatinous mess that was the death mask. And just off to the left of it is Cat who's looking very sinister all of a sudden. So that's pretty much your movie, boys. It is bad. It is bad in that it is boring. It is rated TV 14. It's uh, another after-school special. I'm sorry. I know these last three shows have been less than entertaining. I feel like these fucking movies are sucking the life out of me. They're robbing me of my love of horror and replacing it with dread. Because I don't want to watch these movies. I know they're not going to be good. I know they're not going to frighten me or disturb me like a horror movie should. Thus, I just don't want to do it. (laughs) All right? I don't want to talk about them. I don't want to record a show about them. I didn't want to watch them. But this is my fault. And I have nobody to blame but myself. So I will take my punishment as it is due. Do not watch Revisitant on Tubi. Do not go to the trouble of tracking down The Visitant. I'm sure it's just as dumb, if not more so, than Revisitant. So, um, yeah, that's it, man. That's that's the best I can do for you. I'm sorry. I wish there was like a shining ray of light somewhere in this movie. Something that I could point to that was like, ah, well, it sucked, but at least this went down. I can't... I can't. There's nothing, man. There's nothing at all. Special effects, weak. Writing, weak. Acting, weak. Uh, zero nudity. Zero uh, originality. There's nothing in this this plot that we haven't seen 300 times or even last week with Paranormal Attraction. So, why bother, is what I say. Uh, well, more to the point, what I'm telling you is don't bother watching this. I'm Again, I apologize, inmates. I was hoping to find a diamond in the rough here on Tubi. Uh, there are good movies on there. The one I'm doing next week is actually not too bad. I've seen it before. Um, I can't tell you what it's rated off the top of my head. It's called Home with a View of the Monster. Check that out if you'd like. I'm going to break the whole goddamn thing for you down next week. It's much better than the last three movies put all put together. Um, God damn it. I got to take a break now. I got to, I got to cleanse my palate of this horse shit. I'm going to come back with some other stuff in a scant few inmates. Thank you for bearing with me.
like what you hear, head over to the Padded Room Facebook group and support us through the patron link with a small monthly donation. Check out the T-Villain link at paddedroom.podbean.com and grab some t-shirts. Thanks for listening and enjoy the rest of the show. And I am back. Well, I'll tell you what, inmates, uh, nobody paid for next month, so I can tell you what next month is definitely going to be. Hard R-rated horror movies that are good and that I know are good. Uh, I don't know what they're going to be yet, but it's going to be hard. (laughs) It's going to be banging, Uh, and I'm looking forward to it, and uh, there's that. So, um, get the dude, I can't, I know, I know I'm beating a dead horse here, but do, do you guys get me on this? Do you see where I'm coming from? Like... Can we even call that a horror movie? And I'm not speaking as a horror fan. I'm speaking as a guy who's watching a movie that is supposed to be frightening and or disturbing. See, it's it's neither. It's not even it doesn't even fall into the realm of entertainment at that point because it's just bland, boring, and a waste of time. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I don't mean to be so negative. And it's not even that it's bad. That's the problem. If it was that bad, at least it would be something to remember. I remember that movie. Yeah, it really sucked. It didn't even suck that bad. It was just a zero. It's nothing. It's empty calories. It's like eating styrofoam or something. All right, enough about that. Apologies. Next week's movie is going to be better. I promise you that. Uh, Home with a View of a Monster. Get ready for that. You're going to love that. Uh, if you enjoyed Visitant or Revisitant, or think that I should uh, give it another chance or something, I would love to hear from you. I would love to hear somebody stand up for any of these three movies, uh, The Padded Room 2011 at Hotmail.com, or the regular old mental health hotline at area code 775-387-0275. I want to hear like another perspective on these, somehow. Some, so tell me I'm wrong. Tell me uh, I'm being too hard on these. Uh, in the meantime, I'm going to tell you what movies we got to look. I got to look at this week. G- better ones, that's for sure. What are you looking at? What are you looking at? Dude, I checked out Seder from 2019. I know a a few of you guys have seen this one already. 
it is pretty fucking gnarly. Now, here's the thing. It's a, it's a bit of a slow burn, and there's a lot of stuff that's going on in this movie that seems out of place and kind of uh, out of alignment in a weird way. And the reason why you're going to get that impression is because the director used his own grandmother to play the grandmother in the movie. And when she makes references to this mysterious demonic satyr character, she's not fucking around. She actually believes that like she has this spirit visitation. I didn't know this until I looked at the IMDb trivia. But this is something that's been with him and his family, uh, uh, name, mainly his grandmother, uh, for his entire life, this satyr character. Uh, she started with automatic writing back in the 60s, and then she attracted this thing, this demon or whatever it is. But it has been pretty much malevolent, or be- benevolent, I guess is the word I'm looking for. And she's really just kind of adopted it almost as like an imaginary friend type of a dude. Which is kind of cool in a weird way. Uh, Although it does point to certain mental illnesses that probably need to be addressed. But that by itself puts a whole other layer of creepy onto the movie. Now, take that away from the movie and just watch it at face value. It's still pretty fucking good. Very atmospheric. uh, Has one of the most gruesome deaths I've seen in a long time. Jesus fucking Christ. I I won't get into it, but I will say say it involves a... uh, a wood burning stove, and uh, it's pre- it's pretty bad, man. You can you can probably do the math from there. Uh, streaming on Shutter right now, if anybody wants to check it out. Also streaming on Shutter is The Reckoning from two thousand twenty. Uh, I would call this more of a revenge movie. Well, a revenge movie with like certain witchcrafty elements, I guess, and stuff like that. Pretty good show all the way around. Um, special effects were solid. Plotline was solid. Pretty good. Definitely worth watching. I don't... I guess it is technically... Some horrific things happen in the movie. Tell you that. And uh, things get pretty pretty brutal when it comes to the revenge aspect. Worth checking out, I'd say. Also, uh, for the uh, pediatric ward, we watched Creepshow from 1981. Watching Creepshow with my two kids was a... <laughs> a rare treat i will say that um they didn't i the the first time i watched creep show the original creep show i was four years old and it didn't there were there were some jump scares involved but it didn't like give me nightmares or anything that's why i felt comfortable showing it to my kids who are now six and three years old uh they they took it pretty well uh, you can listen to their reactions on the Pediatric Ward, which is going to be the sideshow that we are launching over at Patreon. Uh, more movies to come. I think we're going to do Creepshow 2 next. I can't say when we're going to do those shows, though, because it's kind of hit and miss with you know what mom thinks and things like that. But I'm going to try to cr- at least do one a month, if not more. It's really up to my wife. <laughs> But that's all I'm looking at this weekend, mates. Uh, Let's talk a little immersion therapy, shall we? Immersion therapy. about that Hellfest from 2018, huh? 
That is a pretty tight little slasher. I like it. It's got some good kills in it. It's got Tony Todd in it. Uh, it's got Bex Taylor Clawson in it, who is my uh, one of my celebrity crushes. Uh, she is banging hot. And especially, I know she's not into dudes, and you can tell just by looking at her. But uh, when she kind of slutties it up a little bit like she did in this movie, woo! I like it. It's good stuff. Um, watching these, taking this one at face value, I'm not a big fan of horror movies that take place on Halloween or in some way centered around Halloween attractions. There are some good ones out there, like Halloween, obviously. Uh, Haunt is another one. Um, Trick or Treat, uh, both renditions. Uh, but I feel like it's kind of a cop-out to make a horror movie and set it on Halloween when everybody is wearing a mask, you know? I feel like it's kind of a, it's almost a layup in a weird way. Uh, Watching this one, though, is pretty good. Made me insanely jealous for these giant haunted attractions that apparently are popping up all over the country. Nowhere near where I'm at, or even in northern Nevada for that much. So, fuck me on that. I wish there was one somewhere close that I could get into and possibly sneak a flask into. (laughs) It would be a lot more fun if I was hammered, stammer, staggering around one of these things. Uh, yeah, check it out if you haven't seen it. That one, I believe, was streaming on who? Uh, no, uh, Netflix at present. So definitely worth checking out if you haven't already seen it. Uh, yeah, Hellfest, man. Check that shit out. Your immersion therapy for this week is going to be The Funeral Home from 2021. This one is presently streaming on Shudder. It's directed by Mauro Ivan Ojeda. Stars Louise Machine and Celeste Guerrez. Something about a uh, funeral home director that is kind of cheating on his wife with a ghost and some other gnarly shit goes down, I guess. Uh, Got decent reviews on Shudder, so check that shit out, inmates. We'll do the same. Compare notes next week, of course. But first, now, we must educate Miss Monica, or me. Educating Miss Monica. Who was I last week, you ask? Well, I'll tell you what, my friends. I told you if you were going to take her to the party, take an EpiPen with you. You know she's allergic to certain foods. And if you have to come back in a hurry, don't... How about a fucking seatbelt or something? You know, don't have her put her head out the window. Jesus Christ, I'm trying to build miniature houses and weird nativity scenes for my art project. I can't have you coming up in here with my daughter looking like that and i'm gonna do my best not to light you on fire again okay who was i of course i was hereditary tom hardy i hope you caught that uh who might i be this week you ask well so i might be in the market to eat somebody now i'm not an asshole i'm not gonna go grab somebody off the street and eat them i'm gonna be a gentleman I'm going to post an ad on the internet and see if any there's anybody out there that wants to be eaten. And wouldn't you fucking know, somebody replied. And they want, to get, they want me to eat them. So yeah, come on over. I'm going to eat you. And apparently uh, that's a crime in my country of origin. But uh, I, 
I don't know. He gave consent. He wanted me to eat him, so I ate him, and that's now a thing. And here comes an American student to interview me over the course of a couple of days and ask me about how I ate this dude, who, by the way, wanted to be eaten to begin with. And I would venture to say, if I didn't eat him, somebody else would. So there you go. If you want, you want to get eaten, then I'm going to eat you. That's all there is to it. I don't know. I don't know why I'm making an argument for cannibalism. Who might I be? Find out next week. I will uh, fill you in at at that point. In the meantime, inmates, I think that's about going to do it for me. I'm sorry. (laughs) I apologize for the short show. The, The negativity that I am bringing and have brought over the last three weeks has been inexcusable. And I suspect that that's why Buddy and Monica aren't showing up because they know I'm going to be pissed off about these movies. I wouldn't show up either. You think I want to go to some guy's house and have him yell at me about uh, TV 14 movies for uh, two hours? No, forget it. Regardless, thank you guys, if there's anybody still listening to this, for joining me. Join me next week for what I assure you is a better movie in... uh, Home with a view of a monster. The monster, I believe. Uh, Join me next week for that. In the meantime, like, comment, subscribe wherever you heard this show. That helps our visibility out quite a bit. Uh, We do have a Patreon campaign running. If nobody pays for June, then I'm going to make it a hard R month. And we're going to kick things off with the Terra Dome uh, first week in June. Get ready for that. In the meantime, for our buddy, Monica and Absentia, horny ghosts that are hanging around for an extra week, TV 14 movies that will make you want to throw yourself out the window. Uh, Flamboyantly gay senior citizens who are looking to bang Cabana Boys. Uh, Lindsay Beer. Um, Possible Pet Cemetery reboots or reimaginings or prequels, which is what I hope for. And the Padded Room Podcast. I'm afraid visiting hours are over.